0: All right, what's up Freedom Chasers? Have you ever felt the pull of affiliate marketing but something held you back? Perhaps it was the nagging worry of losing your authenticity amid a maze of questionable strategies, and we'll get into that. Um, The affiliate world can indeed be a daunting place, but today's guest has navigated its complexities with unwavering integrity. For over a decade, she's dedicated herself to aiding business enthusiasts just like you in amplifying their impact and income without compromising on their core values and if you've been on the lookout for tools and strategies to elevate your efforts she's been perfecting them prepare to dive deep into the heart of genuine and impactful affiliate marketing let's welcome angela markham to the show
1: thank you so much excited to be here
0: Oh, we are so excited to have you, Angela. So let's just jump right into it. Because when I think affiliate marketing, and what I know a lot of the audience is thinking, they're thinking of um, spammy links and stuff like that. So um, let's just hit the bull on the head here. And let's tell people why affiliate marketing is not that.
1: Yes. And I think it actually used to be. So if you're thinking about that, it's probably just some old mentality that you have. Because um, affiliate marketing has been around a long time. I started in the industry back in 2014. It's been about 10 years now. And um, I think before people really started to crave the root of like relationship marketing, which is the heart of affiliate marketing, it was spammy links. It was how can I make a quick dollar rather than how can I provide value in the form of affiliate relationships? And um, we are all genuine, genuinely looking for those relationships. And we can use affiliate marketing to impact people in that way. And we're, we're all for it. So.
0: Absolutely. I love what you just said there, because I mean, it's a sales principle in general. Um, if you separate what you're going to get from a relationship at all. And you say, how can I provide value to this person? You'll be amazed how quickly your life can change. Um, So um, you mentioned affiliates as a relationship-based business. Um, What kind of people would you be looking to reach out to in terms of affiliates?
1: So, you know, of course, it's going to completely depend on your business, depend on what niche you're in. However, when I look at affiliate marketers say, I, I'm a business owner. I want to grow my offer with affiliates and I'm looking to recruit. Is that where we're headed? Is that the question?
0: Yeah, let's go that way. Sorry. Okay.
1: So if I'm looking to recruit affiliate partners, I like to think of three different authority platforms i like them to have. an authority platform would be a podcast like we're on here. It could be a YouTube channel or it could be a blog or some sort of long form written content. So we're looking at audio, visual or written content. Um, Social media influencers, of course, can make great affiliate partners. Um, It's just a little bit more work. As we all know, it's hard to convert on social media unless you're famous. You're a celebrity. You have millions of followers. And so, yes, when I'm looking for an affiliate partner, I'm going to look in my specific niche, I'm going to find some keywords and I'm going to make sure that they have content producing on one of those authority platforms, first and foremost.
0: All right. Very cool. Um, So I think the benefit of podcasting in general is it could be repurposed for all three of those, if done correctly. Um, We're still working on figuring that out. Um, Let's get your (laughs) thoughts on that a little bit before moving forward. Is there one of those that you would prefer or are they all sort of the same? I would love some context there.
1: You know, I... Part of my process is diving into an ideal customer avatar. So when you're recruiting affiliates, they need to know who your ideal customer or your ideal community, um, I like to say as an you know, all-inclusive type of verbiage. But um, so we're gonna really dive into that so that your affiliates, the people that are going to be marketing on your behalf, They need to know exactly who your ideal customer is. So maybe your ideal customer is a busy mom who only listens to podcasts and they don't have time for YouTube videos. They don't have time to go read a blog. They just, when they're folding laundry or going for a walk, they put an earbud in their ear. So you're going to want to reach out to affiliate partners who are producing podcasts. Um, Say you have Um, I mean, I guess you kind of get the gist here with video or written content. Like, for example, when I had a nine to five job, it was a lot easier for me to read a blog (laughs) like throughout my day on my lunch break than it was to go listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube channel. So, um, I think the first step is really diving into who is going to be consuming that content. And if it's in alignment with your offer, go for that, go for that affiliate that has that type of platform.
0: It makes a whole lot of sense. Um, (laughs) Lean into whatever your audience wants. Right. Um, I think a lot of people don't do this enough in my audience is actually selecting who their ideal client would be. And obviously you're not a branding and messaging expert, but I would love to get your thoughts on it briefly before moving back to affiliate marketing. Why should people have a very clear idea of who they want to sell to and why is the more specific, the better?
1: Yeah, I am not a branding and marketing expert, but I do have a background in graphic design. So no. in my process, step one is always going and taking a look at where your brand is at and doing just a little bit of like due diligence. Like, am I clear on my ideal cl- client avatar? And when I say clear, I mean, we're going levels deep. We are not just scratching the surface of um, age, <laughs> gender, like where they live. We're going deep into like what actually bothers them. What keeps them up at night? What are they craving? Like, what are their biggest dreams in the entire world? Like, we're going deep into into what you can actually help them with, that transformation that you can give them. Um, And so it it is super important. When I'm going through these exercises with clients on, like, who is your ideal client? Why would your ideal client purchase from you versus your competitors? they're asking, my clients are asking me, why is this important? Why are you asking me this? Like, why why do I need to go through this? And a lot of them have gone through the exercises before. So we're just going to reiterate because this is information your affiliate partners need to know. They absolutely need to know because they're doing their, your marketing for you.
0: Oh, exactly. And if you don't know who you want to attract, what ends up happening is you end up attracting people that you don't want to attract, right? So it's funny how important the messaging is. And and the more dialed in you are, the, the easier it becomes. I feel like I'm somewhat of a novice here, but I have two avatars, Ambitious Amy and Scaling Sam. They have very specific names and traits. And I think now, whenever I create something, does this appeal to this person? Because if it doesn't, I shouldn't make it. Uh, It's really that simple. Yeah. So awesome. Let's, let's bring it back in track. So now we'll assume this person has a very clear idea who they want to be working with. Once they know who that is, how would they start identifying people that would be good um, potential partners whilst trying to scale an offer?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, great question. So we all have warm audiences. And that's where I always suggest starting because it's your lowest hanging fruit. You know, we're going to assume they're dialed in on who their ideal avatar is, but we're also going to assume that that ideal avatar makes up the majority of their audience. If not, it still works. Like it's not like it's a lost cause here, but I'm going to start with that low hanging fruit with my clients. So we're going to go through networking groups, Facebook groups, communities you're a part of, your email list your social media following, um, your YouTube subscribers or your podcast listeners if you can get a hold of their contact information. Um, but we wanna, we want inbound, more so inbound leads coming from those warm audiences. So you put the message out there that you're looking for referral partners, then you need their help. And that's about as simple as it needs to be and remind them that this is a mutually beneficial relationship. It's a revenue share model. You're willing to compensate them, but mostly like if they're in your warm audiences, they're willing to help you for nothing. So the affiliate commission is kind of just a bonus on top.
0: No kidding. Imagine having an army of salespeople selling for you. Um, So so let's talk about creating this army. Let's say I wanted to interview referral partners or affiliate partners, what should I be looking for in a good partner?
1: Again, it kind of goes back to that authority platform, first and foremost. So have they been creating content? Um, Are they doing work that, you know, work that Can work in a collaborative manner with you. They are, they potentially have the same, the exact same, or very similar audiences to yours, but they're not doing the exact same thing as you. So, whatever you're offering, your coaching program is offering something that's complementary to theirs. So, they can easily bundle it together and sell it together and it makes sense. So, when I think about this, I'm thinking about a customer purchase path. So, at the time when the customer purchases my product. They've obviously purchased things before me. They obviously will purchase things after me. So what kind of makes sense after, during, and before working with me that would make a good affiliate partner? So for example, I know we discussed this earlier, but um, in the real estate game, so I worked with a couple of real estate agents that started focusing their business around ADUs. They were helping people build an ADU on their current property or on a new property they just purchased. Well, a lot of times the people were coming to them saying, okay, I'm ready. Like I want to sign up with you. But then after working with them, I need a lender. <laughs> like I need, where's this money going to come from to build this ADU? Well, these two real estate agents have a list of affiliate partners. It's only three or four. So um, they're just working with a very strategic partners that they know are going to be valuable to certain types of customers that they work with. And at a signed contract, those real estate agents get a commission back from those affiliate partners.
0: Absolutely. And there's no shortage of relations like relationships like these in the real estate industry. You have lenders, um, depending on your state, you might want to have those relationships with attorneys, if not title companies, insurance companies. Um, Basically, if we were to put it in its simplest terms, right, Angela, look at everything the customers that you're currently serving need besides your services and those other things might be a good avenue of people to reach out to and start developing these relationships. Is that correct?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. Um, So I loved talking about the customer's journey a little bit before, um, because it seems like it would be prudent that you would kind of identify where your service is on that journey and then talk to the person that's one step ahead of you and one step behind you, right? So you kind of create a line where you're passing the guy along, potentially, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it can be in the form of even like, so, for example, in my business, I work with affiliate marketers, we just went over like, you need to have your brand set in place. So if someone comes to me and we kind of do some brand evaluation and I'm like, you know, I don't think at this point in your business, affiliate marketing would be worth your time and energy and potentially monetary investment. We need to go back to basics. I have this partner who focuses on brand building and messaging, and I think you should go take her program first. She's an affiliate partner of mine. And so we work together in a collaborative manner. I could even be an affiliate partner of hers. I'm not at this moment, <laughs> but it could make sense to go both ways. So yes, we're going to the root of like relationships. And how can these relationships be mutually beneficial? Do they make sense? If we have the same audiences, why would, not, why would you not join in an affiliate partnership with them?
0: Absolutely. Well, I kind of love that because you, told, you just mentioned some reasons that people might not want to get into affiliate quite yet right? So, so you mentioned maybe branding might be something to do first. Like what other things should people consider before jumping into the affiliate ocean?
1: Yeah. And I, and I, I don't even want to say anything should stop you. If you don't have a content platform, you don't have any social media followers. If you don't have an email list and you want to get started with affiliate marketing, great. There's a process. And I think those things need to be you know, happening for you, but your expectations need to be, it's not going to happen very quickly. Um, The people that you're talking about are making a hundred thousand dollars a week with affiliate marketing. They have an audience, they have an email list. They've likely been working on their business for a decade or two or three. It didn't just happen overnight. So they have people that are listening to what they're saying. They're following what they're saying. They have that no like and trust factor with their audience whatever form their audience comes in. And so when you start to bring in affiliate relationships to your audience that already knows, likes, and trusts you, they're going to be comfortable buying. If you have people that are brand new to you, don't have a lot of followers, and you're trying to pitch affiliates to affiliate links, I should say, to kind of cold audiences or people that don't know, like, and trust you, it is very difficult. It can come with time. It's just not going to happen for you right away.
0: Okay. Um, so, what is a reasonable time frame? And and with the caveat, of course, everybody's going to have different results based on audience and stuff, but say somebody was starting from nothing. Like, I am committed to the affiliate game. Um, what would a reasonable time frame be before they see results?
1: Well, that depends on how much time you are willing to allocate, you know, on a weekly basis to your business and to the affiliate. So, if we're talking someone just, say you quit your nine to five job and you're like, I'm in it, I'm going in affiliate marketing. I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to start a business and I'm going to start, I'm going to have my own offer, but I'm also going to promote affiliate offers too. Um, I would honestly give it a couple of years and it can work really well for you. Like this is setting up a scalable business and it's, we're looking at the long game. I always say the seeds you plant today, they never bloom Tomorrow, like they need to sprout, they need to be watered. You need to relocate them. You need to like in Nebraska, we need to move them in in the winter, and like they need a lot of TLC, and it takes time for them to bloom.
0: Okay, um, absolutely, one hundred percent. I think anybody getting into any sort of content game, they should have like a five-year plan it's like just commit to something for five years it's hard to fail at something if you do it consistently for five years (laughs) you get a lot better fast um but if they're think if they're like oh i'm gonna be a millionaire in six months it's like maybe you're in the wrong thing um so let's
1: or the hundred hour rule i don't know if you've heard of that before but like do something a hundred times like if you want to start a podcast doing that podcast, like commit to a hundred times, whether you're doing it once a week or every day, like you guys, like think about your progress, just doing that repetitive action 100 times. So, you know, if you want to start reaching out to affiliates, let's do hundred hours of outreach, reaching out to affiliates. Think what you could accomplish in that amount of time. It's not going to happen reaching out to someone once or a dozen people. You're not going to get a dozen partners, um, and whatnot. So I like to think about it that way.
0: I love that 100 hour rule. I've never heard it before, but it makes everything kind of bite sized, right? It's like, Oh, 100 hours. So I get just do an hour a day for 100 days. Yeah, it's like, that's a good little trial period for just about anything, right? Um, I, I, I think, especially because the three mediums that you mentioned, they're all artistic in a degree. Um, so you have, once again, podcasting, YouTube and blogging, um, the skill set increases on all of these are, are massive, like with every one that you do um, it's like podcasting in particular. I'm like, I didn't really feel like I hit the groove until episode 70. Um, but if I go back just 30 days, I'm still going to be like, wow, I used to suck. Um, <laughs> so.
1: Well, in Standards like the standards for all three of those platforms are constantly like the bars being being set higher and higher. Like a podcast five years ago could be just straight, conversation, like no editing, no buildup, or it could just be like you talking for an hour and people would listen to it. And now it's like, no, you, you need to have a little bit more structure. You need to keep people's interest. Same thing with YouTube. Same thing with blogging. Blogging is not just like a diary anymore. It's, you know, it has to have SEO incorporated. It has to have images. Um, there are a lot of standards. So you're exactly right.
0: When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go and most importantly, how you want to get there, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go, and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 successful people Every single week we have accumulated hundreds of seven figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Well, every time I look at a recipe, I feel like I get to read everybody's diary at the same time. I think that is SEO though. Um, I think that's the reason for it, but it's like, my God, get to the recipe, please. Um, Yeah. The jump
1: uh, to recipe button at the, at the top uh, is my favorite.
0: Yes, (laughs) exactly. I don't need to hear your life story about why you you created this recipe. (laughs) I I know. Um, (laughs) This is beautiful stuff. Um, So Let's talk about reasonable expectations, because I mean, everybody thinking affiliate marketing or anybody interested is probably thinking about the hundred thousand dollars per week, which happens to, you know, the top one percent of the top one percenters, like what is a reasonable income target to have when getting into really affiliate marketing? And let's say like on a two to three year horizon.
1: Yes, um, again, going back to the whole relationship comment that I made, like starting with just your small expectations, I think is really important and then building on that. And so back when I first started as an affiliate and I discovered what affiliate marketing was, I just wanted my grocery budget for my family. My family wasn't as big as it is now. So I was feeding as many mouths. <laughs> I think we were feeding three total. So I was like, you know what, my whatever it was, let's say $500 a month grocery budget I want that covered with some passive income. So I'm gonna work some extra hours now to build up this passive source of income because I want my groceries paid for. And I think that took me about with a very small audience, let me tell you, I don't have a large audience. I don't, I'm not a celebrity. I haven't been working on my business for two decades. So I think it took me about six months till I was to the point and I was, I had this goal in mind. So I set this goal for myself, grocery budget, paid for. And I worked towards that until I hit it it was important to me. And I knew what I was doing. I knew this process worked. I just had to kind of do a little bit of trial and error, figuring out with my specific audience, what works with my specific creative skill sets, with my specific type of messaging, um, what was going to work the best. And then building on top of that, okay, got my groceries paid for what's next. Maybe I want daycare. So this is me coming from being a mom and like that's my whole perspective and and just wanting to support my family um, with affiliate marketing and kind of a, a side hustle, if you will. So. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk about that journey a little bit. What did you start selling? And I'm sure that evolved quite a bit throughout the journey. Like what? what let's get like a broad strokes overview of that. What did you sell at the beginning and then what are you selling now?
1: Yeah. And. Um, No, that's great. I think this is perfect because um, we talked a little bit about some of these things and it it ties perfectly into the whole purchase path thing. And this is kind of when I came up with like, oh, okay, this is how I need to think about these partnerships. I'm not just like, you know, looking around the room or looking around my house, things that I like is a good place to start. But then we're narrowing it down to like, okay, what types of value can I actually provide to the people that are in my current audience and that I'm that I'm working for essentially? Um, and so I was a graphic designer back in the day and I was producing, um, main part of my business was producing um, graphic design templates like pre-made templates or sometimes custom templates on Etsy. I had started an Etsy shop and got really successful with that. Um, and so people, what was really nice is I didn't have to do any of the printing. I was like, I'm not a printer. That's not my expertise. My expertise is like these infographics that were really cool and really hit it off. And so people would get their digital, like customized digital postcard. I'd send it to them and they'd go, okay, cool. Now, how do I print this? Do you have any recommendations? And I was getting that question over and over and over before I thought, oh my gosh, like I need an affiliate partner. So I did the work of going through and testing out a whole bunch of online printers. I tested out paper, who has the best process, who's the quickest with shipping, who has the best customer service, who am I willing to put my name behind and say to my customers who are so important to me, who can you trust to get your postcards printed? And so I found a company that did just that and I partnered with them. They are my first affiliate partner and they were what helped me get to the point of um my grocery bill being paid for for my family for every month. Um so that was amazing. Um but I don't work with them anymore. It doesn't make sense in my business. So of course we pivot in this whole entrepreneurial journey. So now I'm focusing on this affiliate, you know, business helping people grow their own affiliate programs, helping people become affiliate marketers. And so my capacity for affiliate partners is a little bit different. So like I said, I have the one affiliate partner who's um, their branding and messaging. And actually she has some really high ticket coaching programs. She has a lower cost membership, but that does really well for me all in itself. And I think what I'm trying to get at here is you don't even need a ton of relationships. You just need at least one or maybe a few that you can really stand behind. And you're doing the work of making sure that that relationship aligns with your audience, because when it aligns, majority of people you work with are going to go there. Are going to have that you know work for them as well so
0: absolutely um to to rip off russell brunson's marketing term you're one affiliate partner away from at least having your groceries paid for right Um, which which is substantial i mean it's six thousand bucks a year right um
1: well in next year i mean inflation prices you just (laughs) you just don't know what your grocery (laughs) bill is going to be next week
0: Good point. I was I was gonna say that at the beginning, it's like I think it'd be more now. But I'm Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, uh, it's like I haven't looked at the grocery bill enough, but I'm thinking I'm paying double that for the same amount. <laughs> at least. Um but yeah, I mean it's just saying that you know you don't need a thousand. And I think that's the beauty of this strategy in general, because if you're doing everything on your own, you might need to sell it a hundred times a month. It's like, but if you have five to ten of the right partners, it's like all of a sudden that hundred sales. Is a lot more meaningful because you can leverage other people, um,
1: right? And going back to that low like, no like and trust factor, is your audience going to trust you if you're constantly talking about the same two partners, or are they going to trust you if you're talking about fifty partners randomly because you don't have time to really focus on the value that one of them provides? So again, I'm I'm speaking to the use in the eyes of the entrepreneurial world, the people that aren't celebrities, they don't have a million plus followers, they haven't been in business for, you know, 30 years. Um, this is the way that I found works, works best. And going back to the roots of being authentic and, and doing this with integrity is, is important.
0: Absolutely. We don't all want to become ShamWow pitchmen. Um, I know some of us probably do want that, but I certainly don't. Um, what do you think is a respectable, Give to ask ratio?
1: So I see anywhere from 10 to 40% commission. Is that what you're asking?
0: Basically. Well, not the, no, I'm, I'm more thinking like if I'm creating content, like how often should I be giving value as opposed to asking for people to buy something for me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good question. I, I find myself when you ask this, I find myself putting myself into the actual like consumer shoes because I'm a part of a ton of people's email lists. Like some of them, because I'm interested in the offers, some of them it's market research. And a lot of them promote affiliate offers and I've had to put them in like a separate folder so they don't come because they're promoting affiliate offers every time they send an email. Mm-hmm. And the way that, so I email my list, try to email my list a couple times a week, two to three times a week if, if it's a good month. And I promote an affiliate offer one designated time. I plan it in advance. It makes sense with the whole month's worth of emails And it's done strategically and it's done in a way that someone is going to find value with that. And it's not just a like, although I think affiliate offers sometimes work very well in a PS at the, at the bottom, it's not all in a PS. Like if someone, if one of your affiliate partners is launching, say this membership that I, that I've been referring to that I'm an affiliate partner for, they're launching their membership uh, next month. Yes, I want to put a little bit more effort into just that partnership. So I might email them, email my list a couple times talking about this membership, but I'm incorporating that into my messaging, my offer and providing value alongside that.
0: Absolutely. So speaking of like a product launch in particular, I'm imagining that that's a little bit more complex than just dropping an email. Hey, check out this launch. It probably makes sense to build it up, build up some anticipation, and then release it that way. Is that how that looks? Or I'm just curious, because you mentioned you'd like to plan it out.
1: Yeah, it does. In this phase of business, it really does make a lot of sense to, like I said, I'll promote one affiliate offer in the course of a month. Sometimes that's In one email, sometimes it's in a few different emails. But yes, that's completely planned out. With okay, what kind of what obstacle this month do I want to help my audience overcome? Like in their mind, what challenges um, can I help them overcome? And then what affiliate offer of mine actually fits in really nicely with those challenges, or even reverse engineering. So someone has a launch. All right, how can my offer also help them? And how can I help my audience overcome challenges that lead them into this specific affiliate offer.
0: Absolutely, and that kind of ties back to the market research, right? Because you're like, oh, what challenges does my audience have? And it's like, well, you don't know if you're, if you don't know who your audience is, you're not gonna know what's bothering them, right? So,
1: And if you're not uh, using ChatGPT or AI to help you with your challenges, what keeps your ideal customer avatar up at night, I challenge you to use it because it, it is an amazing resource. Three, four, five years ago, I was jumping on clarity calls multiple times a week to like really dive into who my ideal customer avatar was, what keeps them up at night, and Chat GPT can do that for you now. Which I'm like, dang it! I spent so much time doing that years and years ago, but um, definitely has been a helpful resource to help me even dive a little bit deep deeper within the past few months too.
0: Oh, no kidding! There, I was doing an empathy map yesterday, and I'm just like, I cannot believe how much of a speed pass chat gpt is because something that would have taken weeks of research i could do in an afternoon now um and what you need to do is reaffirm it right you you build up a bunch of theoretical information with chat gpt build me out an avatar what do they need what stage um in Eugene Schwartz's marketing thing it is so i don't remember what it is i have a series of prompts now and then it's like what are they feeling what are they thinking what problems are they having and then it's a matter of asking somebody that knows these people really well it's like which ones of these are they really feeling thinking and seeing and then that just informs your copy and then you've just done more than 90 percent of people you're just you're you don't even have to be a good writer if you understand your audience is what i'm saying
1: right (laughs) exactly
0: yeah um So go out there and do your market research target somebody specific like first-time home buyers or something and really understand that person you'd be amazed um let's talk about how a lot of realtors could do this um let's talk about how they can incorporate more of the i'm selling stuff for amazon or something like that Um, because i think um a lot of realtors make content and they should be um, on social media and stuff like that and it should be somewhat housing based but they could very easily start reviewing stuff that people that buy houses need right or or what would that look like
1: yeah so um one real estate agents agent that i'm friends with um she does something that is so beautifully put together it's it's amazing so each season of every year she comes out with like and i think a lot of agents do this um a list of things you should be doing for like spring cleaning or you know, like hire the hire someone to come clean your windows, um, clean your AC, or clean your furnace. Like all the things you should be doing four times a year. And to her email list, she sends out this list, and she has started add um, adding service providers in her area to that list. And some of them are affiliate partners. Now I'm sure they all are an affiliate partners. Not everyone you reach out to wanting to become a partner is going to have the like technical capabilities to be able to do that. And I mean, there, that is affiliate marketing. It's tracking and there is some setup, some behind the scenes to make sure that everything tracks and, you know, a conversion happens and it can be allocated back to that affiliate. But four times a year she sends this out to her email list. Well, then what she's promoting on social media is this four times a year, you get access to my local favorite service providers that can come help you with kind of your spring cleaning tests, your fall cleaning tests, your winter tests, whatever. So get on my email list and I will email you this list four times a year. Um, And I think she just does an amazing job. And again, it didn't happen overnight. This is something that she probably was working on behind the scenes for a really long time to develop. She did a lot of work. So in my opinion, as a consumer, of, you know, like, I've worked with real estate agents to buy houses before, I want to support her, like she's done the work, and she's offering to give that to me absolutely for free. So I would love to support her in the capacity of, yes, if I hire that window washer that you recommended, I would love it if you got a referral fee.
0: Yeah, and if you if you're really intentional with the partners that you select, it, it might not even be an affiliate per deal thing. It might be like, hey, I'm going to send you business. You're going to return the favor, right? And you, you want to analyze exactly. that relationship. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I like that because I'm just seeing how it compounds over time. Because, like, so, let's say you have the same four referral partners, and and for four emails a year, it's like if you could just somehow get four deals from each partner, it's like all of a sudden that's 16 deals for a real estate agent. That is probably almost six figures by itself just having four good relationships.
1: <laughs> right, right. And it's not, you know, we label this as passive income. It is not 100% passive because you're doing a little bit of work up front. It's a little bit of work to promote it, but it is more passive and more scalable. And it's just, it's so easy for it to to really increase your kind of side cash. So
0: Yeah, well, the beauty of it is because it compounds. Because once you have four, you could double that. And all of a sudden you have eight and that 16 becomes 32. And it's like you have a replicatable process that's compounding instead of chasing after one buyer or one seller. Um, it, It makes a whole lot of sense. I think he just tapped on something super important. It's like, this isn't passive. I don't know if truly passive income truly exists in the world. Um, no. A lot of people sell the idea of it. It's like, it's passive after, you know, 36 months of grueling hard work, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. what what kind of realistic expectation of passive is there here? Because, you know, just for context, like buying a house is not passive at all. Um, <laughs> you think it is. It's like, that guy's yeah, going to pay the rent every month. And it's like, no, they're not. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is like a real, realistic, um, thought process of what passive is in this context.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's passive. Like in your example, right there, it's passive after you have enough money to have a whole team of people that are doing the work for you and then you're managing people. Like, so yeah, it just, something always comes up that it's like, okay, no, it actually does take my time and energy. Um, so yeah, going back to like, setting expectations, I think is super important because people come to work with me and they hear all this stuff about affiliate marketing and I have to kind of bring them back down to earth and say, it will take work. So number one, I want you to set some time aside every week. We're going back to like this hundred hours rule. If you set aside three hours a week, let's say every Friday morning, you're going to wake up and from nine to noon, that's my like affiliate time. I'm going to really focus on increasing my affiliate relationships. I'm going to write emails. I'm going to create social posts. I'm going to just strategically figure out where my affiliate relationship or two or three fit into my marketing, how I can market those offers, what types of bonuses from my own, like my freebies or my low ticket offers. What can I incorporate with this to make it more likely that someone's going to want to buy the affiliate offer as well from me with my affiliate link versus somebody else's. Um, So thinking about that in the form of a few hours a week over the course of time um, will really set you up for success. And again, talking about your four emails a year, say that you want to talk about your four different affiliate offers, reuse those. I reuse emails all the time. I'm really hoping the whole goal of my email list is that the people on my email list buy from me. If they haven't bought from me in a year, what are the odds they are going to buy from me? So if I'm going to repeat emails to the people that haven't bought from me yet, it's kind of just like, so be it. That actually probably is a sign that I need to clean up my email list anyway. <laughs> so I think there's some, some strategies that you can use like that to make it a little bit more passive. Reuse the content on social media that you're talking about your affiliate offers with. Repost the blog post again and cross-promote your blog post on social media. I'm all about cross-promoting um, from social media to your authority platforms, and you do that all the time. Your podcast is where you're producing this mass amount of content and value to your audience, and then you're sending traffic to their from your Instagram and from your other platforms. And so um, reusing all of that, coming up with a strategy that you can use over and over again for your affiliate offers is super important. Um, That'll be a way to really like build up this system and create this system that will be like an engine running in the background that you just have to add, you know, change the oil on every once in a while. So.
0: Oh, absolutely. And the more you do it, the more it makes sense. Um, I love, I love, how you just mentioned to to repurpose content across platforms. And and you're going to want to do it. Every content or every platform is a little bit different, right? But if the message works on email, the message will work on Facebook. You just have to figure out how to make the the small tweaks needed to talk to the Facebook audience a little bit different. Um, And same thing with podcasting and email. It's like if I identify through email that somebody wants to learn about affiliate marketing, I could get Angela Markham on the show and fill that gap for them. And it's like, boom, I'm solving problems. And that's what gets people to listen to you um, if you actually care about them a little bit. So let's talk about audience engagement a little bit. Um, How do you identify what they want, and how do you go about providing them what they want? Because what I tell people is that's the easiest way to get people engaged. If I know what they want, and give them that.
1: <laughs> right, right. And we have our audience like at our fingertips these days, which is great. Um, so ask them. I mean, there are so many ways to ask them. I'm all about making it as easy as possible for them to get a response or for you to get a response from them. So I'm all about in an email, like, Linking. Click this button if the answer is yes. Click this button if the answer is no. Click this button if your your you know age is da da da. Click this button if your age is in this range or whatever. Make it really easy for them. Um, and simply like when your audience is small and you're able to be a little bit more intimate with them. Again, asking them for their help, saying you would you could really help me out, business owner to business owner, you could really help me out by just answering this really simple question. It's just market research. You know, it's not gonna. Send you anything like it's not going to try to get you to buy anything. I just want some some information from you on what you want, and I do that on a monthly basis as well. At least one email a month is a, a short survey. Like if you're willing to take it, it's just going to take you thirty seconds, and it would really help me out. So sending surveys and email lists, of course, like Instagram and all these social media apps have all the tools for surveys and polls and that sort of thing to ask them. So. um And again, way back in the day, I was getting on clarity calls with people. I would offer people like a Starbucks gift card if they would get on a 15-minute call with me. Um, We don't necessarily have to do that anymore. So I think finding out what your audience wants, first and foremost, ask them. But you can use AI. You can use ChatGPT to like help kind of figure out what their problems are because that stuff does live on the internet and probably isn't phased by the fact that the information is a couple of years old. So (laughs)
0: Well, not at all. Um, Well, what it'll do is it'll give you a foundation for your active market research. Like you said, you have a good idea based on ChatGPT, but your, your, hey, what do you want calls or whatever they end up being, end up being the way to inform whatever ChatGPT gave you. And like, what is truly what they want is what they tell you, which I loved your answer there because like, you just ask people what they want. And if you're talking to the same type of person, you're going to see the same five to 10 things. It's like, I need to do these things. Um, it's, yeah. it's often way simpler than people make it. It's like, oh, how do I find out what they want? So you ask them. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know it seems too good to be true, but yeah. <laughs> and the caveat there is you do have to have an audience, you know, and the bigger your audience is, the quicker you're gonna get a response. So if you really, if you're in the middle of writing an email and you're like, oh, I need to know what they want, and you need to know that hour, but you don't really have, you know, you're you're not gonna get a super quick response with a small audience. So it is as your audience builds up, it's gonna be easier. It's like that momentum that builds. And as you start, just get the ball rolling, like you're going to get more responses and everything's going to come just a little bit more naturally. So,
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I need to make a point based on what you said before with the polls and surveys and stuff. Um, That's a tremendous way to get market research done. It's a slight ask. like It could be an Instagram story. Do you like this? Yes or no? And all of a sudden you have market research there. It's like, oh, they said 80%. Yes, maybe, (laughs) maybe I could create this thing.
1: And the less words, the better. Like one of my favorite things is doing, and I'm like your podcast listeners are going to be like, what is she talking about? Because I'm using my hands right now. (laughs) But the split screen where like the top half is an image and the bottom half is an image. And you're like, which one do you like better? And there's a thumbs up. For the up and there's a thumbs up for the down like click the one that you like better people are so visual and like things are happening so quickly the more words that they have to read they're just gonna swipe and so i love the like whole visual this or that this or that this or that can really be helpful
0: yeah you want to make it as easy and you know as passive as possible like oh they could just choose one and it's not even a real thought right they just click on the thumbs up or the thumbs down Um, this somebody opened my eyes up to this recently and I I just think it's amazing so I have to throw the point out there they're just like you know those quizzes like which Disney princess are you it's like that is people getting market research they're they're getting paid very well for those stupid little quizzes Um, but you could think of that like people fill these out for fun it's like think of how to make it fun and engaging for them and then all of a sudden, you have an untapped resource for market research. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And you might be able to throw an affiliate link in there too. Um, and <laughs> add people to end. your e- and add
1: people to your email list too. People use quizzes for that now, which I think is so strategic.
0: So oh, it's that exactly, and then you could drop even more affiliate links. <laughs> I just love the nuance and all this digital marketing stuff. Um, Angela Markham, this has been absolutely tremendous. Thank you so much for get, jumping on and giving us a glimpse in your life and into your business. Um, if anybody wanted to reach out with you, like what would be the best way for them to do so?
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I promise I'm going to try to be more active there. Um, forward slash Angela or excuse me, affiliate.coach.angela. dot Angela. And so reach out to me on Instagram or shoot me an email. My email list is not so big that I don't respond to everyone individually. So my email address address is hello at AngelaJoyMarkham.com. And I'd be happy to start a conversation with you.
0: All right. Absolutely tremendous. Thanks again, Angela, for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. Um, you will be getting some some homework today. Commit to doing something for 100 hours. I don't care what it is. Just make it something that you want to do and, and just set aside like an hour a day or five hours a week. Whatever it is, I don't care. Do it on your own time frame. Do 100 hours of any activity that you want to get great at. Um, tell somebody you know that will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode.